lovies, and welcome to The Love Bug, a podcast delivering your weekly dose of that little four-letter word, love. But it's the 21st century, and you don't always see the traditional first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in a baby carriage. So come along with us as we talk, share, reveal, and discover all that it means to love. We're your hosts, Allegra and Ashley. Hello. And on today's episode, we're discussing love letters that will make your heart flutter, what love looks like when there's a global pandemic, and those cute little pet names you call your significant other. Now catch the love bug with us and we'll get your heart racing. Are you so excited that we are recording the oh first God, episode? Oh my God, I know. Um, hello to hopefully, well, at least two, because I know my parents are definitely going to be listening. Oh, I can bring four parents to the table. We have six listeners. Hello, mum and dads. We have six listeners. Hi, 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 hi. We have, we're making you proud. <laughs> Regardless, exactly. Regardless of who's out there, we are beyond excited to be doing this together and putting ourselves out there and trying something new for the first time. Woohoo! Well, beautiful lovies, we should definitely introduce ourselves, but today we are actually going to introduce each other. Revolutionary. I'm going to go first. Um... And so I'm going to introduce everybody to darling Ashley. So Ashley is a teacher of the deaf. She's raising two fur babies on the Sunshine Coast, Queensland with her soon-to-be hubby, Andrew. She adores her close-knit family and being the eldest of four girls, she learnt responsibility and resilience from a very young age. When her youngest sister, Georgia, was born with multiple disabilities, it paved the way for her greatest passion, diversity, equity and inclusivity for others. While she is definitely a homebody and could easily curl up with a book, she craves traveling and exploring different places, immersing herself fully in diverse cultures on her adventures. Contrary to TLC's instructions, Ashley does indeed go chasing waterfalls. A proper introduction wouldn't be complete without mentioning Ash's deep love for Taylor Swift. Sure, she might be turning the big 3-0 this year, but she'll be dancing like she's 22. <laughs> feel so honored um yeah so that's me and that beautiful person talking is my wonderful co-host Allegra she is a hopeless romantic with a deep love of all things pink and glittery uh definitely more accurately described as an obsession Allegra is an ex-corporate lawyer who left the big end of town for a career more suited to her uniquely spunky and wildly affectionate personality what better way to channel her love of love than becoming a wedding planner and marriage celebrant and also now a podcast host about love. <laughs> On the weekends, you can find this girl all dolled up, hitching the lovers and whipping up extraordinary celebrations of love. During the week, you'll find her hanging out with her huge Brady Bunch family, boogieing to Beyonce and doing her dandest to promote kindness, inclusivity and spread joy like friggin' confetti. Hi, Allegra. Hi, Ash. How are you? I'm so good. Are you just having the so, best time? <laughs> this is incredible. So this is very fitting because you left your job as a lawyer to mm -hmm. become a marriage celebrant mm -hmm. and wedding planner. And that's exactly how we met. Uh, it's true. What our darling listeners won't yet know is that I am, in fact, marrying Ashley and Andrew uh, in May 2021. Oh, I'm so it's excited. It's going to be so great. So that's how we met. Yes. And then um, the Love Bug podcast was born one very late night when Ash couldn't sleep. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> the story of my life. <laughs> and so she had this brilliant idea and she reached out to me about it. And I was like, um, that's the best idea we've ever had in your whole life. So now we are podcast co-hosts. We are. And, you know, this definitely has become a little bit of a passion project. And I think with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, with especially with coronavirus and you know, being away from our loved ones, love has never felt like it's more important. Um, and I guess what we really want the people who are listening, 
We want them to leave us feeling happy and smiley while, you know, also at the same time broadening and understanding different people's perspective and encouraging you guys to open your heart to what love looks like in all its different forms. Yeah, so I think it's really important. Like, um, I think people might have the perception that this is going to be a love podcast about romantic love, um, but we're actually really wanting to shine light on all kinds of love. So whether that be familial, whether it be the love you have for your best mate, whether that be, you know, just your deep love of, you know, donuts. We want to hear about it all and we want to discuss <laughs> it all here. So that's the plan. Definitely. <laughs> Which leads us into our little, our big loves from the week. Um, and so, Ash, what was your big love this week? My big love this week was finding out that the Queensland borders are finally going to open. And Yay! I am absolutely beyond excited because it has been such a tough time. I live here on the Sunshine Coast and my entire family, and as Allegra mentioned in the intro, we are all super close-knit. We're very tight and I miss them like crazy. So I am going Because they're down here in Berry, aren't they? They are in Berry down there. Um, and I just, I really can't wait to drive 14 hours and give them all the biggest squeeze <laughs> of my entire life. I may not let them go. <laughs> I hope you don't. It's oh. been a wild ride. So big love for the borders opening. My big love this week is country music with quite a specific tilt towards the Dixie Chicks. I have been driving a lot this week up and down from Berry, where I'm currently recording this podcast. And I have been singing the Dixie Chicks like at the top of my lungs and crying. Like, is that a weird thing to happen? To listen to country music and cry? Look, I think country music definitely brings out that emotional side to everyone. <laughs> so I don't think you're alone in what would be happening okay, there. Okay, good. Because I think it's really weird, but also I just love these songs so much. Like I just, I cannot, I cannot more strongly recommend country music to people, particularly the Dixie Chicks this week. Beautiful. That's so lovely. And every episode that we record, we will also be giving out a little love. So a little love that I would like to give out this week is to my wonderful new hairdresser that I found, Jazz at Bondi Lane. She just did the most incredible job. I hadn't visited a hairdresser for five months because of lockdown. Oh, my so God. So my hair was well and truly in need of some love and she gave it to me. So, Jazz, thank you so, so, so much. Props for Jazz. Props for Jazz. So my little bit of love that I'm sending out this week is to the ICU nurses at the Mater Hospital. My very beloved grandmother has been very unwell this week and she's been taken care of by the ICU nurses at the Mater just so perfectly. Like I just, I love them so much. Um, and so thank you, thank you, thank you. All healthcare workers, obviously I feel like we've got a newfound love and appreciation for them. Definitely. But in particular this week, those nurses have been taking care of old grand. Living in a digital age can make love letters feel like a primitive, long-lost art. I mean, the closest to a romantic message you might receive these days is a 2am, you up, text. But once upon a time, before Tinder and before Bumble, love letters were a charming gesture and a way to court and woo potential love interests. Roland Barthes said that we have no important language that is able to adequately deal with feelings of love. So here at The Love Bug, we wanted to share and reveal some love letters that might make your heart flutter and may even inspire some of you lovies to write your own. So my darling Ashley, what do you have for me today? I have got a message that Johnny Cash, speaking of love for country music today, Ooh. that Johnny Cash wrote inside a birthday card to his wife, June Carter Cash. Okay, are we ready? Ready for all the feels. I'm so ready. He wrote, happy birthday, princess. We get old and get used to each other. We think alike. We read each other's minds. We know what the other wants without asking. Sometimes we irritate each other a little bit. Maybe sometimes take each other for granted. But once in a while... Like today, I meditate on it 
and realise how lucky I am to share my life with the greatest woman I ever met. You still fascinate and inspire me. You influence me for the better. You're the object of my desire, the number one earthly reason for my existence, and I love you very much. Happy birthday, princess. Love, John. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How does that not give you feels? Seriously, that is just... The most beautiful thing I have ever heard. That just gives me all the warm and fuzzies. I know. What I want to know, though, is like when you open a birthday card, like I am a big birthday card person. It's my favorite part about birthdays. When you open a birthday card and read that, like, what do you, how do you react? Oh, seriously. They're almost like, I don't even know. I have no words to explain it. But this letter was actually voted the greatest love letter by readers of the Daily Mail in the UK. And it is so clear to see why. Because this letter is just beyond beautiful. It's so cute. Like, it's just so lovely. I I think it's put into words just everything that John feels for his wife and I you know I I'm getting married soon and it just it just makes me feel like I cannot wait to be with someone and love someone this much and I just love that it was put into words I know so articulate do you think boys these days are going to be that articulate oh gosh who knows I you know Johnny Cash was a songwriter Mm. and a poet Mm. and I think that says a lot about what the messages that I just read that those messages that he can get across and he can put into words and you know Johnny Cash famously struggled with alcohol and substance abuse and I believe June Carter did as well Mm. but you know they went through all this while dealing with separation from their respective partners and also the highs and lows of fame mm. and you know addiction is a disease and it's it's not as simple as turning off a light switch and for a partner it's about being supportive and building back trust and confidence mm. and couples like, who can transcend these indiscretions just show their strength and commitment to one another and just how deep their love for one another runs and this is such a beautiful example of their love written into words and I just love as well that they he took the time obviously to write that and think about it convey that to her and then the joy that it brought her obviously and I would expect has actually like translated to the whole world like it's it's now part of we're lucky enough to be able to read that and see how beautiful it can be to write a love letter to someone definitely and I think it's so good so good and I think that there were so many real life examples you know like we get used to each other and we think alike and read each other's minds you know the how telling is that of being in a long-time relationship with somebody where you get to a stage where you can just look at each other across the room and know that, yep, it's time to start dinner or, you know, whatever (laughs) it might be. Yes. Um, (laughs) And even the part where he says how they irritate each other a little bit, like I love that. And I love that it highlights how realistic love and relationships are because nothing's perfect, you know. You can never find something that will be so perfect, but this letter just highlights the importance of their relationship to one another. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's a timely reminder for all of us that, you know, a love text doesn't really cut it. Like just write it down and then you never know where that might end up in the future, like whether, you know, your descendants are then going to have it and it will mean something to someone else, not only the person that you're writing it to. So for sure, get writing, lovies. That's Put it. Put those thoughts down. Definitely. We want to bring back this primitive art. And one way which we do it without knowing is by writing beautiful wedding vows for each other. Dun, 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 dun. So Allegra, yes. you have something special for us today. I definitely do. This is a real treat. Um, I'm going to read to you some real world um, examples of vows that my couples have written for each other. And I share these without any identifying information, but there are just some, the things that people say to each other on their wedding day are just so beautiful. And I know you're going to love this one. I'm so excited. The way I work with my couples is that I ask them to write their wedding vows separately. So they don't actually read them to each other before the day. So the first time the bride was hearing these vows from her groom was in front of all of her loved ones when they were about to, you know, seal the deal and, and, and you know, 
lockdown their love. Love it. So I remember exactly where I was the moment I received and read these vows for the first time. And I think when I read them to you, you'll understand why. Are you ready? I'm I'm so ready. Bring it on. You are a cold glass of rosé on a sunny afternoon. You are comfort and happiness to everyone around you. You are effortless with the things that I find hard. I promise that amid the hustle and confusion of life ahead, I will be your rock and the one you can rely on no matter the circumstances. I will clean up after you from now until we shuffle into a retirement home together, joking and laughing about our wrinkles and grey hair. You are one of a kind and I couldn't be happier to call you mine. I will be your person from now until the end. Oh my goodness. (laughs) How beautiful are they? That is stunning. That is just absolutely gorgeous. I can't believe. I actually cried. I am so close. I'm on the verge right now. And if we weren't (laughs) recording this and I was just reading that, I would be a sobbing mess. That is just stunning. I can't believe that how somebody so poetically can write down thoughts and feelings that beautifully. And the thing about it that I love is like that first line, you're a cold glass of rosé on a sunny afternoon. Like, it's so um, it's so evocative. Like you immediately understand how he feels about her because even though it's something, you know, so sort of mundane, having a glass of wine on a hot day, that the sense of relief and enjoyment that is immediately brought to your mind hearing that first mm. line, you're right there with Absolutely. him in that moment. Absolutely, definitely. And I think too those examples that, you know, he gave throughout it like that, just epitomize Mm. their relationship too like he has some exactly his feelings in that relationship in that paragraph of writing yeah it's like nine lines eight lines I read all of their obviously their questionnaires that explaining to me about their relationship why they love each other and whatever else and in eight lines he's managed to just completely reveal what's going on for those two people and I was like you guys should definitely get married Oh gosh, yes. How beautiful is that? I love that. It is stunning. I am now just obsessed with that. Okay, Um, not going to be able to get that out of my head anytime soon. (laughs) So beautiful. Andrew's got some big shoes to fill. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I've heard that, like if it comes to our wedding day and, and, you know, he's like, Ashley, you're a cold glass of (laughs) rosé. I'll be like, like, oh, we've had one listener. (laughs) Our seventh listener, yes. All of our parents plus your fiancé, we're killing it. We are killing this. Oh, my goodness. I am just in awe. That is just stunning. I didn't want to read them to you before we came together because I knew you'd love them. And I was like, so much. I'm going to smash it with them. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for bringing that. And thank you to the beautiful couple for sharing that as well. They're they're just the loveliest people. I adore them. So um, big love to you two. You know who you are. I won't uh, bust open your privacy by telling people who you are, but thank you. So lovies, now that we have got you feeling all giddy, make sure you send us your favourite love letter to loveletters at thelovebugpodcast.com. That's loveletters at thelovebugpodcast.com. And we might just feature it in a future episode. Coronavirus has created unprecedented times for individuals on a global level. It's unsuspecting and unfamiliar. It's forced some people together and isolated others. The impact of coronavirus has spread far and wide. With a need and craving for human connection, today we ask, what does love look like in the time of corona? So Ash, my love. Your big love for this week was the borders opening. And so I thought it would be good for us to chat about how it's been to be isolated from your family. I know that you're a long way away at the best of times, but it must have felt like a bigger distance. Absolutely. It has definitely felt like the longest four months of my entire life. You know, I wouldn't go 
10 weeks without seeing them in person. I mean, sure, we can talk on the phone every week or, Mm. you know, twice a week or FaceTime or whatnot. But I think it's that human connection, you Mm. know, the feeling and the touching and the smells of home and, Mm. you know, the routine that you build when you're with these people. And I think that's what the hardest part was for me. In February, I went down to Barry and I was looking after uh, Georgia, my little sister. Wow. She's so cute. She's so cute. While my parents and uncles were on vacation. And, you know, afterwards I, I had to leave because I had to get back to work for the Monday and Mum and dad had just got home on the Sunday night very, very late, like 9, 10 p.m. Actually, I think they flew in at 9, so it would have been at least 11 by the time they got home. You know, I need to get up the next day ready to drive. So I'm asleep. I barely say hello. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I'll see you in four weeks. Yeah. And that four weeks has turned into four months. <laughs> Poor you. you. Know, it's just I we haven't even caught up and like looked at a big debrief and photos mm. from their vacation and it's um they went to Ar- yeah. Antarctica didn't they they did they did I'm so jealous Wild. um absolutely incredible so you know it's just like all those little things that you're missing and mm. I love know, the whole like smells of home thing like that is that's it's so hard to recreate you can't just like make it Make your house smell like it smells when your mum's cooking, you know. I know, exactly right. And even like, you know, the smell of the bed sheets. <laughs> it's yes. like little things like that. And um, it doesn't matter if you buy the same no. washing powder. It doesn't no. smell the same unless your mum has washed them. Like I, exactly. I feel like. Unless you're at your mum's. Exactly right. You know, And it's, you know, I'm on a totally different routine whenever I visit them too, because usually I'm on school holidays here yeah. and I'm just helping them out around the house and, you know, we'll go over and do some farm work and, um, you know, Georgia gets ready for school and pick her up in the afternoon mm. and all that sort of stuff. And I've just been here at home and, you know, I, I do have Andrew, who I love very much, <laughs> But when you're so used to living like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll see you guys soon, you know, almost every two months. Yeah. It becomes a bit of like uh, almost like an identity loss in a way. No, I feel that. So I'm the opposite of you. Like I've um, been isolating with my whole family. Um, (laughs) Which can be challenging in itself. (laughs) Exactly. Give or take a few, but there's been lots of us. And um, as you know, I'm part of a very large family. So I um, have been back in Sydney this week. And it's funny how quickly you miss your family, even when they're, you know, we're all on top of each other and there's so many Mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been like, I I just really, I had to call my brother and say, I really miss you. Like I haven't spoken to you. Because, you know, you go from seeing them every single day to then Mm. nothing. And it's sort of like, it's so weird. Yeah, it is. And like I mentioned, like, you know, yeah, you can call and um, FaceTime and whatnot, but there is Mm, something that is, it's not the same. There's something about that personal connection and being able to touch and feel and smell somebody else and you know I miss I miss my hugs from Georgia you know she gives she gives a good hug hug. she does and it's such a big squeeze and I just you know I've missed that so much and getting up and you know dad makes me a coffee or whatnot you know and then (laughs) oh Ashley make sure you empty the water from the coffee machine and (laughs) you know it's just like um yeah it's like I bet you miss like being told what to do by a parent as well absolutely oh gosh yeah I'd love a bit of bossing ah for sure like you know like I'm just here choosing everything for myself and be like (laughs) no no I would just love mum to be like make sure you fold your washing straight in after you bring it in from the line (laughs) (laughs) oh no she'll listen to this and then she'll be like oh well I'm bossing you because you missed it that's it exactly right you're coming back and we're gonna have our like we're gonna have a date i'm really excited to see you too the weirdest thing so excited it's gonna be so good but the funny thing is like and that's the whole thing about you know i think we're if we were going to be having a global pandemic you'd think that now is you know 
it's the best time to have it because we are, we do have the ability to connect so much. So the weird thing for us is we're great mates now, but we have um, only ever hung out once in person. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And so now we've got, it's not the same, but we have Zoom and we have all of this ability to connect with people from far away. But Absolutely. You know, so we're yeah. lucky in that sense, but. Honestly. I am super, super thankful that, you know, my family are all very well. Um, you know, grandma's down there as well and yeah. she's been fine and I know that they're okay and I know that they're doing well, but there's something about this longing yeah. and missing that just mm. almost breaks your heart. Yeah, it does. But there is an end in sight. But it's interesting because speaking about long distance, that's a family thing and, you know, you miss them so much. But I have just got so much like admiration and respect for my sister. So my younger sister, India, is a very high-flying uh, fashion photographer. She lives in London. And she actually flew back into Sydney, I think, like the second week of March. And then obviously everything locked down, the borders are closed, she can't go back to England to be with her boyfriend, George. They live together. Their relationship is at that level where they're extremely close. And then they have been apart now for something like 13 weeks. That's crazy. Like I That know, is so crazy. I know when I'm in a relationship, if they go to the shops, I'm like, oh, look, they've been in the shops for like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why I'm single because I'm a stalker. But, you know, it's sort of like, it's so, I just can't get over the fact that they're conducting their relationship and, and still, you know, very much in love and, you know, whatever else. For, but like on the other side of the world. Yeah, that's crazy. I had a, a similar situation. My colleague's sister was actually um, overseas. She was in the States uh, because her she was welcoming into the world a beautiful new little grandbaby. Aww, um, and while she said that coronavirus didn't necessarily extend her stay because she stayed for as long as her daughter needed help with that newborn stage. Mm. What it did was it stopped her husband from coming over and he's still not being able to meet his grandchild. So that's that's something that um, she really found. And she was sort of saying that, you know, she had terrible sleep because she Mm. was without him and um, it was it was even more highlighted because the US and Australia are almost two different time zones so the technology was there just to uh, talk to each other all the time Mm. it's just something that would be so ridiculously hard to be away from Mm. somebody your partner your partner in life Mm. um that you love so I just think that these guys who everyone who has gone through this has done such a fantastic job yeah and then there was the other thing about like um we were talking before we started recording about those couples who got together just or started dating just before lockdown yeah and then they're like can like they've moved essentially moved in together after only a few dates yeah how random is that definitely and that's what you know it's definitely forced some people to move quickly in their relationships Mm. but when you're Mm. having to change and Mm. uproot your life almost Mm. uh, to be with somebody you know it's going to make or break you you're you're going to be living on top of one another when you can't go anywhere else and it's about that balance in relationships and finding your own space and figuring out who Mm. you are as a couple yeah it's just it's so wild absolutely can you believe though that like I feel like we're sort of particularly in Australia like we're starting to see the end of it now I feel like it's slowly like I can see how life's going to go back to normal but we will just think back on this time and just think like how did we do that absolutely I think as a teacher you know I've been in the midst of it with school as well and I was talking to uh, some colleagues yesterday I was like this has been the longest and the shortest <laughs> yes like three months of my entire life like where has it gone mm. but also it's dragged on yeah 
I know it's wild because I remember when we first came down to the farm, mum was like, "We, my mum is like a total witch. Like she knows exactly what's going to happen. It's the weirdest thing. But I remember when she said initially, like, we're going to go to the farm. It's, you know, we've got to get out of Sydney. It's not, it's not safe for her. Mm-hmm. And I remember my younger brother asking her, like, how long do you think we're going to be down there for? And she said, look, I think it's probably going to be about three months. Wow. And at the time I was like, oh, mum, like you're so dramatic. Like it's not going to be three old months. And I was like four months ago. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Definitely. Um, I was going to also say that my colleague's sister, when she came back to Australia too, she had to quarantine, mm, right? Mm. So on top of being overseas mm. away from her love mm. um, and she said she was really lonely during that time even though she had her daughter and her daughter's partner and the baby there mm. there was something missing for her Mm-mm-mm. and so she was so lonely overseas she came back she had to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks mm. and so that that side of it felt really lonely too and when they were finally reunited you know uh, um, the quarantine mm. lifted at midnight for her and it was 11.35 mm. p.m. Mm. And he was texting. He's like, I've just arrived. Ah, yeah, I'm waiting outside. So and then there was, you know, had to wait to that, you know, the clock ticked over and the 10 minutes, there was a little text, you know, 10 minutes to go, seven <laughs> minutes, hand on your luggage, get ready, five minutes, double check the room, make sure, two minutes, hand on the door, hand on the door. And <laughs> when they were finally reunited, you know, he he had a big yeah. bunch of flowers and they hugged and embraced. But she said that they didn't need to talk, mm. you know, because they've spoken so much. It was almost like this relief and peace that she felt just being back in his <gasps> presence. Like, oh, <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Oh, that's so beautiful. I can't believe that. And, um, you know, forcing people to come together quickly and um, others apart is just something that I think is might be ongoing. I mean, your sister probably still hasn't seen her boyfriend. No. And in person. No, and they don't know when they're going to see each other because we don't know when she's going to be able to get back to England. That's right. And I guess, um, you know, you can sort of understand. I think um, you had experienced some people, well, you definitely would have experienced that some people had to move their weddings for this. Oh, yeah. Yes, for yep. sure. That but was a I, drama. Yeah. But I know that some others, they decided to keep the date. They just did the very intimate ceremony. Mm-hmm. So almost an eloping. Mm-hmm. And they've decided to just have the celebration another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing a lot of those. So I've done... I think I had something like 15 weddings postponed Um, and everyone's so devastated. Like that's just the worst decision to have to make. Mm, For Um, sure. And then so once we rebooked to another date next year, um, the conversation I had with them was, well, have you bonded close? Like have you bonded with your original wedding date? Had you imagined that that would be your anniversary date for the rest of your lives? Yeah. And if so, if it means a lot to you, do you want to still get married on that date? And so many of them were like, yeah, we actually really do. Um, and so mm. I did quite a few of those, you know, just the legal stuff. And then we'll go back and do yep. the whole big shebang, you know, when it's safe to do that. But yeah, lots of people. I think that is one of the biggest decisions to make in a life because there is so much emotion in a wedding. And I guess the other end of the spectrum would be people Mm. who are trying to date during this time. And my beautiful, beautiful co-host here, (laughs) eternally single, Allegra. What is going on? Permanently single. You are cute. I will give you that. I mean, she is beautiful. She's I just don't get so it. So nice. So I mean, any takers, you know, we yeah, no, slide into the DMs. We should have another email address. <laughs> Dating for Allegra. Love letters. <laughs> How has this time and been? Love Hang on, just give me a sec. I'll set that up. Yep. 
Well, it's actually been super difficult. I know that a lot of people have um, gone down the route of like continuing to use dating mm. apps and doing uh, like video calls mm-hmm. as first mm-hmm. dates. I mean, I have the, the dual difficulty of isolating away from my normal places of residence. Yep. So I usually live in Sydney. And so what's the point of like trying to meet someone in Barrie? Because then you're just like signing yourself up for a long distance, long distance relationship when it's relationship, over. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing was, I can't, I'm so useless with dating apps. Like I, I download them and then delete them like two days later. And then I'm like a few weeks goes by and I'm like, oh, I should try again. But the thing about it is it's boring to just chat back and forth the whole time when you haven't seen the person yeah. and you haven't, that you can't tell if that chemistry and the connection is going to translate after you know, like often that's app. it. And yep. so I'm like, am I investing all this time and energy into someone who's just going to be a wet fish when we meet in person? Yeah, definitely. Right? I'm not a wet fish. Fish are all wet. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Wet smack. Dead fish, wet smack. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> and the other thing is like, I just, uh, I can't be bothered. I know. So it just, it just, Corona has not been kind. I think for a lot of people, it has become really hard and, you know, mm. like you said, that some people did try to do the um, video calls and video dates and whatnot. Mm. But the mm. thing is, like, when your work is consisting of Zoom chats, when you FaceTime yeah. your family members who you're not with, like, it just becomes another part of a screen time exactly. for people to do. Like, I swear to God, I have, um, like, video conferencing fatigue. Like, I'm so yep. over it. Like, I'm sick Definitely. of just, like, being here and chat. Like, why would I sign myself up for more, yet more video conferencing? That's you know. right. And like you were saying before too, there is definitely a spark and a physical attraction that comes when you meet somebody in person. 100%. You know, you get a really big sense and of who someone is mm. when you're sitting across a table from them mm. or next to them on a park bench or whatnot. Mm. Um, I know lots of people were also setting up some uh, walking dates as well. So I don't know, maybe you could try that out Gross. when you're in Sydney, um, you know, keeping 1.5 metre distance and going for a little stroll around the neighbourhood. I don't know. Like the thing about it is that I'm actually just like genuinely afraid of catching coronavirus. Like I, Well, this is true. It's a big fear out there too. <laughs> I know, but like, I'm afraid. I don't want to get coronavirus. And so am I going to risk getting coronavirus and giving it to my family and friends yeah. for the sake of a frigging stroll with a stranger with a coffee like kill me now and also um who wants to have coffee on the first date because you need some liquid courage like I'm just saying <laughs> I can imagine uh, a sober first date like in the time of coronavirus like can't hug you to say hello can't like do an awkward cheek kiss can't have a drink that's true. like no I unsubscribe oh actually unsubscribe me you've got nothing nothing to hide behind like, I'm way more entertaining <laughs> once I've had a glass of wine like way more <laughs> I know guys it gets even better <laughs> but wait there's more but wait <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So dating not been good. But you know, when we I don't know, eventually I'll meet my soulmate, right? You will, definitely. And I think um this time has probably allowed you and others to, you know, do some like self-love too and work on anything that you need to work on. And, you know, you've got to love yourself before you can love anyone else. Exactly. As I am, Ashley is watching me, everybody, because we can see each other on Zoom (laughs) and I'm applying nappy rash cream to my eyelids (laughs) because I accidentally burnt them with a face cream I used. So (laughs) self-love. Tried to do self-love. Protect those eyelids. Failed. (laughs) Try to do self-love. Might break up with myself because my eyelids are now going to fall off. She's a cat, guys. Jump on. Right? I might even wear the panthem on my eyelids on our first day. Like, I might. You might even get that lucky. Oh, man. So, yeah, love love is just, it's a lot. Corona's been a lot. And I think um, mm-hmm. if we're going to get through it, and we're also, I think, and it, tell me if you disagree, but I reckon we're just going to have such a deeper appreciation for the people and things I that we love. I fully, fully agree with that. I think it's like, created... Tell me, did you want to go and hug your hairdresser? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my 
gosh, she did such a fabulous job. And I could not even believe it. But, you know, cannot wait for the hugs to come back. <laughs> I'm a real hugger. You are. Love hugging. I'm a lovey. You are. <laughs> nicknames or pet names are ways for people to express their feelings of love to others. For romantic partners or potential lovers, nicknames can add intimacy and connection. It's like an inside joke that only two people understand. Terms of endearment are playful. They're used to show affection, increase positive responses to one another, and may actually increase the affection you feel towards your significant other. Those cutesy names you use in your relationship can reveal more about your partnership than you may think. So let's take a look. So, Ash, on the other day, we did a little poll on our Instagram to find mm-hmm. out some of the nicknames that our lovely lovies are calling each other. Mm-hmm. And there's some pretty standard ones, right? Like there's, you know, babe, my mate, gorgeous, princess, baby bub, honey, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think the funniest ones are the really random things people come up with. Like I'm looking at this list. Someone calls their husband Moo Balls. <laughs> like what? Why? And there's like Squidge, um, Juicy Kabusi. Oh, like they're just hilarious, Mr. Magoo. You like what? That is so funny. Using pet names in a romantic relationship can have a bonding effect and can be used as a way of solidifying attachment to one another. So when you have a personalized name. It almost shows uh, thoughtfulness Mm. and that strong love connection that you guys have and harkens back to different maybe um, conversations Mm. or experiences Mm. that the two have had at a certain point in time. So I actually read something that's a really reliable source by a recent survey by Superdrug Online Doctor um, that said that if you have a pet name, it it's well, they said that couples with pet names on average are 16% more satisfied with their relationship than those who don't use pet names. Wow. And that actually using pet names is a sign of relationship solidarity and it leads to happier and stronger relationships. Well, that can never be a bad thing, but let's take a look at some of those basic names that we call each other because I think those ones mm. are more what we hear maybe when we're out in public. Yep. Um, so names like Honey and Darling are very traditional and are probably more what you hear um, older people, older couples, parents, grandparents call each other. Mm. Um, yep. But in a way, these names don't seem as embarrassing to call somebody else in public, right? (laughs) So um, they can convey meanings that the other thinks you're very sweet and that, um, you know, with honey and sweetie and darling. And this one, actually, this is what I use. <laughs> so, um, Drum roll, please. I call Andrew, honey. <laughs> I know, goodness, revealing all the secrets. No, I call him honey. And I think it is just, you know, Andrew and I are quite a traditional couple. You know, we don't mm. show a lot of public display of affection. So it's probably not wild that we have a very standard basic nickname that we refer to each other with Mm, like mm, mm, mm. in no way would I feel comfortable Mm. being like come here (laughs) you know so I think um what these names tell us is a lot about a particular couple I agree and it's funny because I um we've got a language warning for any little ears listening right now. But it's funny how so many of the responses that we got on that poll are things where the couple call each other the most like random, like kind of mildly aggressive things. Like we've got absolutely one one girl calls her partner dickhead, and he calls her bitch. <laughs> yeah, 
And I know that my brother, um, way back in the day when he dated this girl who's not his um, glorious wife, thankfully, because the nickname that they use, I literally can't even tell you what it is. It's so offensive. Oh, and gosh. they would call each other, they'd shout across the supermarket this horrendous nickname they called each other. And people <laughs> would just turn around and be like, what is going on? Like, is what this the a domestic situation is this happening? Like, do we need to call someone for you? Yeah, it was just like so. Like, you know, it's funny how those sorts of names and even I had a boyfriend back in the day when somebody loved me um, <laughs> and we called each other mofo. Like, and you know, right. the, you know like yeah. motherfucker. what like the extension of that is. Exactly. Yeah. And like we used yeah. to call each other. Then that got shortened to mof and he and I were just mof to each other and I loved it. Man, yeah, I thought it was so cute. Definitely. You know, my parents actually call each other bitch, you know, and it's not in a derogatory way at all. You know, where they did it will, come from? Uh, I'm not sure where it came from, but they will literally be like, oh, hold on a sec. You know, dad's calling. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. Hey, do you need me to pick up some bread on the way home? <laughs> yeah, thanks, bitch. Okay, I'll see you then. You know, like it's just that. something that is a part of their vernacular that they just use. But I think too. When you have couples that are using these type of nicknames, you know, like mofo or bitch or dickhead Mm, or whatever, mm. it shows how comfortable they are within their relationship. Yeah. And while to outside we might cringe or, you know, perk up, you know, in in Mm. the shopping centre and you hear this explicit being thrown out. But for them, it's just second nature and Mm. it's just an ease and, you know, you can never say anything that will offend me. Yeah, exactly. I think it's funny. I love it. But I'm a real nickname kind of person. Like I love having a nickname for people. And you also um, definitely throw out babe a lot as well. So just in like your- Babes going left, right and centre. Everyone's a babe. Um, This one was actually the most common pet name that partners use with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's very casual. Yes. And it can be applied in many different situations and probably is most widely used between like your besties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, From babe, bay originated. Um, It's the modern version. Uh, It originated from like the hip hop and rap genre. Mm. Um, And it is short for before anyone else. I love that. I think Bay is so cute. That's cute. I actually didn't even know that until Andrew we were, would do? I was researching. What do you think Andrew would do if you started calling him Bay? He would be like, give me that engagement <laughs> ring back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know that ring I gave you? Can I just grab that back, Remy? That's so funny. Yeah, no, no. Th- th- this can't go on. Yeah, yeah no, no. Sorry. No, no. Okay, <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> hey, bye. Okay, bye. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. Um, One that I thought was super, super interesting was Princess. So we Mm -hmm. heard earlier in this episode, Johnny Cash called his beautiful wife Princess in her birthday card. Now, this has two meanings. Mm -hmm. So it can either mean that you hold somebody in great esteem, you have a really great amount of respect for them, Mm. you see them as precious. Mm. However, at the same time, to others, it can indicate a level of high maintenance Mm. and catering to needs. Well, that has never been said to me ever. I've never been described as being high maintenance. (laughs) Lies. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That is blatant lie. That is just making me think back now to like every time a boy has called me princess because I thought it was really cute. But now I'm going to be like, hang on. Are you, what are you, what are you saying? Wait, 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 what? In which context do you mean? Do you mean that I'm precious? Or <laughs> Can that we just have a quick chat about do that? Because <laughs> I'd like to know whether you actually think I'm really precious or whether you think I'm like precious. You know, like which side of the coin are exactly. we working with here? For sure, um, and definitely sexy. Ooh, enough said there, right? I don't think we're going to that. No, 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 no. Definitely high levels of physical attraction. Ooh. But I mean, uh, there is no way. I mean, I might just be a little bit more prudish than probably every single other person <laughs> on this planet. There is no way that I would be calling that out in a it shopping centre. It just makes center. me cringe. I can't even contemplate it. I know. I love the ones, the nicknames that 
have a little bit of a meaning and yes. that sort of have built upon each other, yeah. uh, built upon ones from previous, you know, like your MOF one. Um, my best friend and her husband call each other Babyo. Baby-o. Because, yeah, it's so cute. They, she's definitely, she's definitely a babe person. Like, hey, babe, how you doing? You know, sort of thing. Um, he's definitely not a babe person. Yeah. So he didn't really like it. And then I think it evolved <laughs> because, you know, it was like that and then it went to baby and then it was sort of like, you know, coolio, babyo type of thing, which is so cute. And it's so them. They are just the cutest little babyo couple. I love that. That's so cute. Do you know what one of my favorite things is? What? I have a question in my couples questionnaire that I get my couples to fill out. You haven't done yours, by the way. I haven't, no. You I'm scared of it. Get that done, girlfriend. <laughs> Don't be scared. It's so fun. Um, but I have this question about, because apparently, I think it's like Chinese, the Chinese believe that once you've got 10 nicknames for the other person, you're ready to get married. Wow. And so, um, I ask people what their nicknames for each other are. And it's always hilarious because if they've got a really terrible one um, and they'll always like, you know, it'll always groom saying, oh, I call her squidge face and she hates it. And so during the ceremony, I make them promise not to call each other the crappy nicknames anymore. I'm like, you will always be my squidge face. It's so funny. That's but it is fantastic. It's sort of like an insight into the relationship mm-hmm. and the stuff that you don't get to see. So I, I love it when someone, you know, when, when you hear someone call their significant other by a nickname, you're sort mm-hmm. of like, oh, like that's like a little insight into their love. It's so cute. And, you know, we did touch on um, our besties before we might call our besties babe or you know honey or whatnot yeah um in my family we sort of have little nicknames for each other my dad calls all us girls by our middle name what so i you know so we'll be at home and he'll be like hey emma do you want a coffee and I'll be like, yep, you know, and we all just sort of That's know. That's so confusing. Yeah, we ha- all have like two names each. Yeah. That's so, so funny. I do love it that. Did, like, does he do it because he um, likes the middle name as well? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I don't know why he does. I'll have to ask him next time I see it. Or, you know, like, yeah, can you, you know, for Michaela like podcast. Yeah. Research for the podcast, Dad. Um, we really um, would like a follow-up. <laughs> uh, Lovies <laughs> would like a follow-up on XYZ. Um, yeah, but it's like, you know, he calls Michaela Brooke. And, I don't, you know, maybe it's the fact that those names are a part of us, but they never get used. Yeah. Unless you're filling in paperwork. So maybe he likes hearing them out loud or yeah. whatnot. We call Georgia Rosie sometimes. Yeah, yeah Ro- it's because oh, Rosie is her middle name. It's just like... I am not great with first names, so I'm going to like meet your extended <laughs> family and be like, who the fuck are you? They'll be like, um, your dad wants Brooke. I don't know who Brooke is. Um, where, is there where's another sister? <laughs> is there another child in this family? <laughs> are you keeping them in the basement? <laughs> <laughs> just bring them out, whip them out every now and then. Yeah, every now and then. Just for just for special occasions. <laughs> well, I think that whatever the reason and whatever you call your loved one, I think it's friggin' adorable and we should just be very supportive. Thank you so much for listening to us today. If you loved what you heard, come and chat with us in our Facebook group, The Love Bug Podcast, or on Instagram at The Love Bug Podcast. We would love to see who's listening. So take a screenshot of this app and tag us on your Insta stories. Let's get the love bug word out there. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening now and send us some love in the form of a five-star rating. We'll be back in your ears and your hearts once again next week. Talk to you then, lovies. Mwah!